Well, let me begin by asking us this morning, do we really understand what we're saying? I mean, as I am stepping up here to the mic this morning, as I'm getting up on this podium, I hear you say, preach the word. And the question that comes to mind is, do we really understand what we're saying? I mean, when I hold up, or you hold up, or you hold in your hand, and you say, this is the Word of God, do we really understand what it is we're saying? I mean, doesn't it seem just a little too fantastic? To think that these pages in this book are actually the words of God. Think about it. Think about what we're saying. That as we, we refer to these as the words of God, that, that we're saying something like this. Now follow this. That the one and only deity of the universe. That this one and only deity that, that seemingly lives in this unseen realm of glory. One who is all-powerful and ever-present and all-knowing that he along with all of those attributes that that he being the one who with the very breath of his mouth spoke the farthest galaxy every living complex being that we call us and even the smallest and most beautiful flower that he spoke all of those things into existence, are we saying that that God at some point has pierced the veil between deity and humanity and in this way has not only revealed himself to us, but has told us his story, has communicated to us his promises, has spoken to us his truths. Does that sound just a little too fantastic? I would agree with you that it does. But as we assemble here as the believers of God this morning, we believe that it is true. We believe that this is the Word of God, and we believe in the Word of God. We believe that from the very beginning of humanity, that God has picked, 
chosen voices to come into our realm, to come into our world in order that, that he might reveal to us all that we need to know for honoring our God and living faithfully before him. That through the voice of a reluctant herdsman by the name of Moses, God came and, and, and crashed the party. God came and crashed the party of a great Pharaoh and, and, and walked up to him and through the voice of Moses said, I want you, O great Pharaoh, to let my people go. Exodus chapter 5. And it's through the voice then of a mountaintop courier, Moses again, that God will come down to his people and will give to them the ten words, what we call the ten commandments and all of his laws so that they might know how to worship and honor him. And it was through the voice of many prophets, chosen prophets by God, like Isaiah or Jeremiah or even Malachi. It's through their voices that God would speak to his people and he would tell his people, you know, there are some, some horrible sins that you are committing against me and those sins are going to bring punishment and penalty in your lives but through the same voices he turns right around and he says but I want you to know about the Messiah that's coming that's going to bring salvation from sin one time through the voice of an angel an angel by the name of Gabriel. God shocked a virgin. God shocked a virgin by the name of Mary by coming to her and saying words to her that she could not possibly believe. He said, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will give to him the name of Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be the son of the Most High. And one time, through the voice of a locust-eating, camel-skin hair-wearing, wild man from the wilderness, John the Baptist. God will speak important words of repentance to his people and words intended to prepare them for the coming Messiah that is upon his heels. And then, through the voice of a carpenter's boy who said and called himself the Son of God. God would speak again and God would say, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever disbelieves will be condemned. 
What I'm saying this morning here for us, and, and I know you know this, but I want to encourage us to remember again, yes. Yes, this sounds too fantastic to be true that God is using these voices to reveal himself to us. But again, as his children this morning, we say, yes, we believe. We believe that these are the words of God. We believe that through these voices, God has revealed himself. And God has revealed his promises. And God has revealed his truths. And God has revealed his salvation. And it's all recorded right here from Genesis chapter 1 all the way over to John chapter 21. And it's at John chapter 21. Open your Bibles. It's at John chapter 21 that we now turn the page. Having heard God speak through a number of different voices, we now turn the page, and we turn the page to the book of Acts. We turn to the book of Acts, and we turn back to that moment that we've been calling the Big Bang moment. That moment when the genesis of the church, the New Testament church, takes place. And as we turn back to that Big Bang moment, what we see is that God, once again, is going to feel the world, is going to feel the ears of everyone who is listening, is going to feel their ears with His Word. And he's going to do that through some very new voices. They've heard the voices of the past. But now into their context, God will speak his word again. And he's going to be using some new voices that will enlighten the world as to the, not only the ways of salvation, but also the ways of faithful living. And those new voices were the voices of the apostles. These will now be new voices for God that will reveal to all people for all times who he is and what they need to know about them. But, but, but we've got to look at something that's staring us right in the face when we're talking about the apostles. We have to, to, to deal with the fact that, that we're saying that these are the voices that are speaking the words of God. And yet what we know without a doubt is that they are very, very common men. But when we call them common men, what we have to also understand here is that these common men, though they be common, were once prepared and powered and empowered by God. Okay? Go back, open your Bibles to John chapter 16. And go back to John chapter 16. And, and we need to see these words again because they are core. They are at the center of, of what I'm saying here this morning. He says, and, and, and here in John 16, what's happening is that, that Jesus is about to depart. He's about to leave his disciples, his apostles, those witnesses for him behind. And he is going to drop a bomb on them. 
He's going to tell them something, as I've been saying, that seems probably even to them too fantastic for them to believe at this point in their lives. And here's what he says. He says, but when he, he's talking about the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will, now watch this, follow along, he will not speak on his own, Holy Spirit, he will speak only what he hears, Holy Spirit, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, that's Jesus, by taking what is mine and making it known to you. Watch this. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. You see, as, as Jesus is getting ready to leave, and as he's leaving behind these disciples and these apostles, he's wanting them to understand that he is empowering them. He will, he has been preparing them, and he will in the near future empower them to be able to speak for him. To be able to speak actually the words that are in complete concert with the will of God through the Holy Spirit. And then as we turn the page into Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, what we see is that all of them, those that he had said these words to, that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, the promise, the empowerment that he was talking about has now come true. Now look at Acts 2 and verse 22. As you look at Acts 2 and verse 22, and Peter is saying, men of Israel, listen to these words. You see it? Look there. Listen to these words. When he says that, those people are hearing the very weathered voice of a fisherman. They're hearing the very weathered voice of a fisherman. But the words, the words belong to God. From this point forward, Peter and all of the other disciples and the apostles are going to now, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, begin to go throughout all of the world and start preaching and speaking the message concerning salvation in Jesus Christ. They're going to go across land, and they're going to go across sea, and they're going to go throughout that known world, and they're going to be speaking words, the words of God, concerning how they and all the world can come to know God and come to have salvation in the name of Jesus. In, in, in sort of summary, they're going to go throughout the world, and they're going to say there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we can be saved. And that's going to be their message. And they're going to speak that message of salvation over and over and over again until the day they die. 
But even though those apostles died a long, long time ago, their voices, their voices are still being heard. As a matter of fact, Kurt, their voice came to you and it came to me and it came to the rest of us and spoke those same words of God concerning salvation in Jesus Christ. And we are here today to rejoice and celebrate that those voices spoke God's word and it brought us the salvation of Jesus Christ. Amen? What a blessing that is. But that's not what I want to focus on this morning. Uh, yeah, part of it, but here's, here's what I want us to see. There's a little turn right here. Is this morning what I'm wanting us to, to, to not focus on, and we've been talking about this for several weeks in this Big Bang series, and, and that is I'm not wanting to talk about these apostles being the voice of God, speaking the words of salvation, but I want to show us that this truth is, very, is broader than just the gospel, than just the message of Jesus. Really, where I want us to land and where I want us to focus is in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Go over to verse 42. After this great conversion is taking place, here's what we find. We find that those people who, who believe those voices, that believe the word of God for salvation, that we now see them coming together, this new assembly of the New Testament church, and here's what it says, that they are devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. What's going on here? is that these new believers, while they recognize and, and, and are thankful for those voices in the new word of God that have brought them salvation in the name of Jesus, what they're understanding is that they also need a new compass for their lives. As the followers of Christ, they need a new compass that's going to point them in the ways of God as the followers of Christ. It, it, it's a new compass that's going to point them into the ways of worship, and it's going to point them into the ways of how they treat one another. It's going to point them into the ways of how they're supposed to see the world, and it's going to point them in the ways of how they're to understand trials. They need a new voice. They need voices in their head. They need the new Word of God that's going to tell them what it means to be a Christian. And the way they do it is they huddle up and they center and they bring their ears to the apostles who are going to teach them how to do that. Now again, let's go back. John chapter 16. Same words, different focus this time. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
You see, here's the point. He isn't saying, I'm just going to send my spirit to you, and you're going to be the voice of God teaching and telling people how to be saved. It's bigger than that for the apostles. Not only is he going to speak those words of truth concerning how to be saved, but he's also going to speak words of truth that reveal all that they need to know from God. It's going to be all truth. It's not just, oh, we listen to the apostles because they, they know the words of salvation. No, that's not the point. They know all the truth through the power of the Spirit of God that's at work within them. And so they then become this compass. They become the teachers of God's people concerning what truth is, what God wants them to know. You see, through their voices, I want you to just track with me through this very quickly. But through their voices, God's going to reveal to them how to assemble, how to worship, how to give, how to shepherd, how to serve. And many other things concerning the, the nature and the community of Christ's body and, and how that's supposed to operate. But they're, they're going to keep speaking. And through their voices, we're going to know how, and, and we can understand even today, how to end hate and violence. We look in our world around us and we see hate everywhere and we see violence and people are going, what are we going to do? Well, God's been speaking to that question for a long, long time. And he's been speaking through the words of the apostles how to deal with hate and violence through honoring him and honoring one another and how to do it through the kind of love that he has shown us. If we want to know how to end those things, we're going to have to show the kind of love that he has told us that we need to show. But he's also going to tell us how to overcome attitudes of marginalization and disrespect and apathy towards people that we don't necessarily understand or we don't regard as being all that important or people that we may not even agree with. And he's going to say, hey, the only way that we today are going to be able to deal with those attitudes of marginalization and disrespect and apathy toward other people is that we're going to have to start valuing them at least as highly as we value ourselves. And that's the only way. And, and, and then he's going to tell us, God through the voices of the apostles are going to tell us how we can keep our marriages live, uh, lovely and, and vital through the practice of the superior love of Christ and true respect. And he's going to tell us how to keep our sexual drives and our desires in harmony with his purpose for intimacy. And he's going to tell us how to behave as good citizens and respond to mistreatment in life with respect and peace and patience and prayer. You see, those questions and, and our concerns about how is it that we are supposed to do this life as Christian, God has given his answer. He has told us his words, and it has come through the voice of his apostles as recorded here in God's word. And as we think about this this morning, that I want you to understand that 
after all of these centuries, listen, after all of these centuries since these apostles first spoke, and regardless of all the cultural shifts that we have, are, and will continue to experience in our lives, and because God has not ever altered these voices, we can still trust them. We can still trust that they are, in fact, truth, that they are God's Word in harmony with our Lord Jesus, empowered and revealed by the Holy Spirit for each and every generation until Jesus comes again. We can trust that, and we can put that as a center point of our understanding for what God wants for our lives. I want to end this morning with two important encouragements. And don't, don't go, okay, this is where Monty just says a couple of things and then we stand and sing. It is, but this time uh, I mean it. Two, two important things here very at the end that are encouragements to us. Number one, I'm saying to us, and I've been saying this this morning, is don't lose faith in the new voices. And, and here's what I mean, and, and, and there's something really important about this statement I want you to hear. And, and that is sometimes I hear conversations that position the red-letter words of Jesus in a place of superiority over the teachings of the apostles. Well, yeah, I, I know what the apostles said, but Jesus said this. And all of a sudden, what, what happens is, is we start to, to uh, uh, pit the words of Jesus against the words of the apostles. Because after all, that's what Jesus said. But it, it, the apostles also said some good stuff too. But when we think that way and you hear people talk that way, remember this. That goes completely against everything that Jesus planned and purposed for him and his disciples to share with the world. John chapter 16. To say that there are the words of Jesus and, oh, and then there are the words of the apostle is to go completely against the fact that Jesus said, I and my Father are going to give to you what is ours, and we want you to get out there and speak it. Don't let people push you off of that. We must put the voice of the apostles, and we cannot... We cannot put the voice of the apostles in competition or conflict with the voice of Jesus. For it was he who prepared and empowered them to speak. So when we say this morning, or any other time, when we say preach the word, certainly we must be saying preach the word of God spoken by Moses, preach the word of God spoken by David, Preach the word of God spoken by the prophets. Speak the word of God, or preach the word of God spoken by Jesus. But preach the word of God spoken by the apostles as well. 
Because here's the bottom line. They are all red-letter words. They're all the words of our Lord Jesus and His Father, God. The second thing in the last point here. Not only don't lose faith in the new voices. But keep those voices first. Every day we have to make a very intentional choice. We have to choose who first. Out of the overwhelming cacophony of voices that daily seek our attention and our acceptance, we must choose one. We must choose one voice out of all of them. And we must choose the voice that speaks the word of God. We must choose the voice that speaks to us on matters of faith. And we must choose the voice that speaks to us on the matters of relationships with one another and with the world. We must choose the voice that speaks to us concerning what is law and what is justice. We must speak and listen to the voice that speaks to us about money and success in life and how to raise our children and everything else we need in this life. We must listen to the one voice of God in order to have the answer for all of those things in our lives. This morning, the words of God, the words of God have told us all about living like Christ and in honor of God. But where we began was that the words of God came to us through these apostles first. As a message of salvation. I hope that you have heard their words to believe, to repent, and confess Jesus as your Lord. And put him on baptism because the words say, and you will receive the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do that today if you haven't, while we stand and while we sing.